Let's roll. Welcome to Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. This is Jacob, as always, here with B. Hello. What you didn't hear was B yawn, a huge yawn, right before we started. It's been a long day of Zoom meetings. And it's been a long week, and it's Wednesday when we're recording this. And it's Wednesday, and it's just my second work day of the week, because Monday was a holiday for me. So uh, I don't, this has been extra, this week been extra. It, it is definitely, there's, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. Well, uh, we are continuing with our first uh, few episodes this season of talking about the Nevada legislative session, which we know is super exciting. Um, and I'm not saying that facetiously. <laughs> this, we only get it every other year. So it is a very exciting time. And uh, today we are joined by certified friend of the podcast, Jared Busker, who is uh, the principal at Busker Consulting and is also one of the co-leads of the Nevada Revenue Coalition, uh, which probably makes sense why today we're going to be talking about revenue. Welcome, Jared. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be a friend of the pod. That's right. I mean, you've wanted to be on for a while and and now... Because we could have talked about many things in the past. It's just this one This one makes a lot of sense, particularly during the Why? legislative session. Why is this your first time on the podcast? It just wasn't interesting enough, I guess. It's, it's, it's true. <laughs> it's really true. I mean, I was waiting for Jared just to develop some, some age, well, you'll some be happy wisdom. To, you'll be happy to know that we turned down several, like, ambassadors and... <laughs> Yeah. people because we were like no it's jared stern right yeah sean spicer was done with his his uh dancing with the stars tour and he was like can i be on it was like sean you can just shut the up <laughs> you're not coming on this podcast it's jared's turn <laughs> he would have been great we could have been co-interviewed <laughs> and it would have been just exclusively so mr spicer uh why are you so terrible both as a dancer and press secretary. Why were you so terrible? I didn't watch the Dancing with the Stars. I'll be I'll be honest. But if, was he the worst one though? There were so many horrible press secretaries. No, we know who the worst was. Do we? They were. She's running for governor of Arkansas. We absolutely know who the worst. Oh was. no! I did not know those news. But you know what? Arkansas deserves it. They they keep voting horrible people in. Your mother doesn't deserve it. <laughs> That's a lie. Your mother need, doesn't deserve it. I need to get my mom out of Arkansas. My <laughs> sister can stay. <laughs> she doesn't listen, so it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so, um, so Jared, we are here to talk about revenue today and the Nevada legislative session. So would you give our listeners just a little bit of why talking about revenue here in our legislative session of 2021 is important? Yeah, so I think the most important thing is just to first kind of talk about where we are budgetarily. Um, So as you all know and have all experienced COVID, the COVID pandemic directly affected Nevada and our revenue structure is very over-reliant on tourism dollars and really over-reliant on people coming to our state to spend money to pay for our services. Um, So without those individuals and without tourism dollars during this next biennium or really kind of the biennium that we're 
talking about during the legislative session, we are facing a $400 million deficit when you compare that to where we're previously funding our government during the past biennium. Um, and when we talk about the biennium, it's really the two years right after the session ends. So we're talking about um, fiscal year 2021, 22, and 22, 23. So it really doesn't matter how maybe great our rebound is, say, once people are vaccinated, this is going to affect us for the next two years, pretty much regardless. Yeah, I think, I mean, how we project out our revenue structure is through a agency called the Economic Forum, where they try to project project and predict where we're going to be economically. Um, so I anticipate that they're probably going to predict that we're going to see a little bit more revenue than what they predicted at the beginning or at the end of last year in December. So we may see that the budget's a little bit better um, due to kind of tourism rebounding a little bit. But Jeremy Aguero with Applied Analysis has projected that even after we get vaccinated, we're not going to see a complete return of tourists coming to our state. It's going to be a really long haul, um, very similar to what we saw during the Great Recession of um, Nevada continuing to be the hardest hit state in the entire nation, and then one of the hardest hit states for years after the, the recession and after other states have quickly recovered. So why is why is Nevada kind of unique in the fact that it takes us so long to recover from both the Great Recession and then most likely the COVID recession that's upon us? Yeah, I think we're so overly reliant on other people recovering first. So we need people from New York or Illinois or Tennessee or even Arkansas to recover, have funding to come and spend their dollars in the state. And that just takes time. And if we really look to diversify our revenue structure, so we don't just wait for tourism to rebound, um, if we really talk about how regressive we are as a state with how we are taxing Nevadans, I think we can make a lot of changes that will help us recover faster and help Nevadans during the long haul and ensure that we don't have the same economic downturn the next um, recession or the next pandemic or whatever comes next in 10 years from now yo we have to wait for all the little towns that our legion has direct flights to to get better yeah That's it's you're up. just waiting you're waiting for people to start making more money so then they can right. come to our state to help us recover economically and that's partly because we don't have a state income tax or a diversified revenue stream, right? Yeah, I mean, we, according to the Institute on Taxation and Economic Policy, we are the fifth most regressive state in the entire nation. Wow. And when we talk about regressive- Why can we not be on a good list? <laughs> we can yeah, I mean, I think that's the, that's the old saying in Nevada is that we are on the top of all the bad lists and the bottom of all the good lists. Right. Wow. So, um, so you're a part of and a co-lead of the Nevada Revenue Coalition. So why is it that you, um, you know, kind of got this coalition moving and what, what sort of, what sort of things are you doing to make, you know, build awareness for how we need to diversify the revenue? 
Yeah, so the Nevada Revenue Coalition, it was actually founded before the pandemic began. Um, so we had our first meeting at the beginning of um, January 2020. And we all came together to really discuss and reflect on um, what we just stated of how we are always at the bottom of every single good list. If you look at education, if you look at mental health, if you look at Medicaid reimbursements, if you look at X number of indicators, Nevada's always doing the worst when it comes to helping Nevadans. So we really wanted to reflect and have a broad coalition that is bipartisan, that's willing to have those tough decisions and tough discussions of how do we raise revenue? How do we set our state up for success? Not only today, but over the next decade and even beyond that. Um, so we are really working together to support our legislators to really make those tough decisions of how can we raise revenue and how can we support Nevadans. How's that going? It's going really well. Um, if you just look at all of the bills that are introduced, and I actually, on my Twitter, I'm tracking all of the bills. So if you, um, I have a pinned post on my um on my Twitter profile, but we have almost 20 bills that are already introduced to really make changes to our revenue structure. Um, so I think it's going really well and we really need to see our legislators from both sides of the parties really come together and discuss how we can do what's right for Nevadans. Yeah, I liked um, how, I, I think I was, it was looking back at one of the letters that you all wrote um probably over the summer that the group wrote and about how like you're trying to make or trying not to make the budget and revenue a partisan issue, which I think is really important because it doesn't just affect Democrats or Republicans. It literally affects all of us who live here. And I mean, the revenue also affects people who don't live here who come to visit. Um, and I think that's a really important issue that it's not just, you know, it's not a Democrat issue. It's not a Republican issue. It's not a libertarian issue. It's an issue that really we all should be on board with yeah i definitely think we need to normalize the idea of revenue and the idea of taxes i mean could you imagine a world without any taxes i mean you call the police station because someone's robbing your house and no one shows up you can't send your child to school you can't even take the roads to get to any location there's so many good things that taxes pay for that we need to appreciate that and really look to ways that we can utilize those funds, raise those funds to help Nevadans. So what are the different type of ways we can raise revenue? Yeah, so there's a few different really good proposals that our legislators have been talking about and the um, Revenue Coalition has been talking about just overall. Um, so one of them is really trying to recapture a lot of taxes that have left our economy just because of um, how our economy has changed and how we have become so digital overall. Um, so one of the things that we can start taxing is digital goods. And a good example of that is if you purchase a Kindle book, you don't get charged a tax for that. But if you purchase a book from Barnes and Noble, then you pay a tax. In both instances, you're still buying a book, but how they're delivered is different. But that has just changed over the past 10 years with how we are delivering content. So there's a good proposal to try to recapture those taxes. The same thing with streaming services of now we don't have cable. 
you used to pay taxes on your cable subscriptions, but now you're subscribing to Netflix or to Hulu and you're not paying taxes. So it's not a new tax. We're just taxing services that we previously taxed, but for some reason, they no longer are within our tax code. Um, also looking at Airbnbs. If you stay at a hotel, you have to pay a room tax. But if you stay at an Airbnb, those aren't covered by the room taxes, but they offer the same benefit to you. Um, also the live entertainment tax. If you go to a concert, you have to, you have to pay the live entertainment tax. Ugh. Let's but, not talk about all the freaking fees that we pay no. for concerts. This one hurts me. Can we cut those? <laughs> we can talk about I'm the fees. In. But what I'm interested in is making sure that if someone goes to see the Raiders play, that they pay the same tax that I pay to go to the Raiders stadium to see Beyonce. I just want parity within our tax structure. Is Beyonce coming to the Raiders? Let's okay. hope. I mean, Probably. let's hope we can have concerts at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously mining has been a big discussion um, during the special session. It's still going to be a discussion. And then we need to fix our property taxes. That is a bipartisan idea. Um, we have had support from both Republicans and Democrats to fix our property taxes. We need to start doing that sooner than later. And so this is, I mean, and, you know, I think one of the things that we've always like since I've lived in Nevada has been, uh, you know, kind of a scare tactic is income taxes. And so we're even, you're looking at ways that have nothing to do with income tax in order to help us diversify the revenue stream. Yeah. And let me just, I would love to speak on income taxes because I personally would loving income tax. I think, I mean, there's the old saying of the stool and you need um, the legs of the stool and one of the legs is income taxes and we just don't have that. And that's why our revenue structure has some issues and we have to be very strategic. But- One of the legs to, touch the, to tax the rich. Well, if you had a progressive income structure or income tax, you could structure that to- Are y'all working for that? We are not working happen? to passing income tax. So what would happen? Well, this we, interview was great. Yeah. Thank you. For, just kidding. No, to passing income tax, you would have to send it. You would have to have the legislature pass it two times. So in, in two different sessions, and then it would go to a vote of the people, which would require a majority of Nevadans to vote for an income tax. Mm. And so I think a lot of individuals that have concerns that we're talking about income taxes, that's not what we're talking about. It's a great idea, but it's not something that's politically viable today. Um, we're talking about taxes that pull well, that are bipartisan, that are really um, looking at ways that we can fix our current structure and not try to add new taxes right now. Right. Which, I mean, definitely seems like a great way to do it at this very moment. I mean, I am... I know you and I have had this conversation. I'm also very pro income tax, but um, right now there's ways that the legislator can legislature can fix this without us having to vote on an income tax, which should mm -hmm. still happen in the future, most definitely. But there are other ways that this can be be addressed for sure. Exactly. Um, Jared, I'm a little curious. Are y'all looking at what other states are doing successfully that we that Nevada is not doing? I mean, I think if you look at 
other states, you get a very long list of ways that we are not being successful in raising revenue. I think just the point that I, I referenced before of how we're the fifth most regressive state. I think some of the things that we can fix is like property taxes. We are the only state in the nation that allows for depreciation for property taxes. And that really places a burden on our local um, government agencies and being able to predict how much revenue they have every single year. So yes, we do look at other states, but we're such a unique state. We're really trying to um, fix the issues that have been identified and are really known to the legislature. Um, but in our current role, we're trying to be supportive. We're trying to um, be there when the when our legislators take that vote of saying this was the right thing to do for Nevadans and we're all here standing behind you. So you have that political cover to make that vote and you don't have the fear of being voted out of office during the next election. We want I mean, bold legislators. Shouldn't they be afraid of that anyways? Like it, because if shit, when shit hits the fan, once we get into like this like really serious COVID economic hellhole that's going to happen, they're still, like, people are still going to blame him. Yeah, I think people, I mean, that is the easy thing to do is to blame legislators for what you're seeing in the economy and what you're seeing um, throughout the entire state and how, how you're not receiving the services that, or you or your family members are not receiving the services that you know you need. I think that's a good thing, like, you can definitely look to legislators and ask them to do more. And that's why we're asking them to do more during this session is we know that the budget in its current form is going to do harm to Nevadans and we need to raise revenue to make sure that that harm is not done. Um, so what when kind of they, harm are we talking about? Like what happens if there's no money in the Nevada bank? Yeah, so I think some of the things that we've already seen um, were the cuts to Medicaid that happened during the summer, the governor did put those back in, but those had effects on Nevadans. And even before those cuts, our Medicaid reimbursement for providers was severely low. We're going to be seeing cuts to um, the pre-K program in the state. We're going to be seeing cuts to child care subsidy programs, cuts to the child welfare programs. The state is potentially cutting $27.5 million in health and human services programs. Ooh. And because of the federal match on those programs, in total, we're going to be losing $94 million for health and human services programs. Uh, we're seeing an 8% reduction in investments in public education for higher ed. Um, we're seeing a continued underinvestment in education for K through 12. There's a lot of things that are directly affecting Nevadans if we don't see increases in the budget. And I feel like everything's on fire right now because like these are all the things that we need to make the investments on for the future of the state. Right. Especially here as we are still in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Yeah, and all of we're, the we're research... not even in the middle. I feel like somebody said today, let me let me tell you, let me tell you why I'm tired today. Somebody said in one of one of my other meetings that they read somewhere that the pandemic, like we can be dealing this for the next seven years. I about fell out my chair. <laughs> so like when we say in the middle of the pandemic, now I'm thinking like, nope, we're at the beginning still. 
Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> Everything's on fire. Well, and I mean, it, and it, it is. It's like you know, we look at particularly the impacts to health, human services, and education, which are already areas which we lack, right? I mean, like our our state isn't isn't great in those areas already, and the budget cuts will directly impact the folks that are already struggling the most, right? I mean, that's kind of what we're looking at. Yeah, I mean, even in 2018, we were 44th in the nation for per capita spending. Um, so even if we were, I did some rough math. So right now we spend $4,711 per person in the state um, for state investments. So every single year, that's about how much we spend on Nevadans. The national average is $6,135. So just for us to get to the national average, that is going to need an investment of $4.4 billion per year. And that's just to be at the average place of where other states are already exceeding us. Um, and I'm not, we're not proposing that we need to raise $4.4 billion this session, right. but it just shows how much we have been underfunding programs and underfunding Nevadans um, for the past decade, if not even more wow i that number is staggering to get us up to like a comparable that staggering i can't even imagine that (laughs) it's a lot of money yeah but nevada has that money if you look at the amount of tax credits that we have given to businesses to bring them in with Nevada still being the seventh best state in the entire nation for the business tax climate. I would like to take a moment to elevate the fact that we're on a good list. I mean, is the seventh best state for a business tax climate when you don't have a diversified economy or a diversified revenue structure? I don't know if that's necessarily a good list. You would- Ah, shit. You would think that if we had such a great business tax climate, we'd be able to bring in more businesses and we wouldn't have this over-reliance on tourism. But the fact is, is that no one wants to raise a family in Nevada because we don't support Nevadans. And if we want to transform our economy, we need to make an investment in ourselves and make an investment in Nevada. Okay, so I'm going to take a quick 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 break i think that's going to be our uh, i mean we're not breaking we're still recording um i think that'll be the name of the episode invest in nevada i like it oh I, I was like did we get commercials <laughs> what <laughs> what's happening i'm just that famous no. i was confused right. oh, we got a sponsor <laughs> we need an somebody needs to sponsor us i mean i do know that jared's dad is an insurance salesman so maybe hey Get your insurance. Yeah. <laughs> former. No, oh, I should add that. Change oh, that. former. Oh, well, yeah. that's that's good. Oh, what's he doing now? Just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, he is actually. Uh, no, I think it's a. This is great. He is no longer selling insurance, so he can help care for my brother's um, children. Um, so my niece and nephews, and your so, nieblings. Yeah, just how regular day Americans have to make sacrifices to take care of their other family members. I think it's really important to recognize those sacrifices and those mm-hmm. decreases in economic production because we don't have the childcare structure in place that we need to really support 
Nevadans and Americans in general to be able to work. So you're seeing family members leave the workforce. Yeah, that's very true. That is very true. And that is, uh, I think, I think we're going to see that here a lot in Nevada as, you know, specifically, I know your, your, your folks don't live here in Nevada, but I definitely think we're going to see that and probably are already seeing it with a lot of people who have lost, lost jobs or had hours cut. I know I've had coworkers and um, acquaintances who have, you know, just stopped working because it's more, it's, I mean, it's, it's more important, but also it is more fiscally responsible for their family, for them to not work in order to take care of a family member. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Jared, so how, okay. So our, you know, our listeners, a lot of folks, you know, that we know that listen, working in Nevadans, um, how can we make our voices heard or make a difference in this, these issues right now during the legislative session? So I think there's a few ways. Um, The first way, and I recommend this to every single person, is to reach out to your legislator, your state legislator. So you have an assembly person and a senator. Reach out to them. Ask if if you can schedule a meeting, a Zoom meeting, or I think they use um, Google Hangouts or whatever um, other program. But ask for you ask for a meeting just to sit down so you can one learn about their priorities and then two share what your priorities are and if you do that i would love it if you shared that revenue and increasing a revenue system is one of your priorities Um, but just generally it's great to meet with your elected officials and let them know of either this is the reason i voted for you these are the issues I care about, or I didn't vote for you, but you still represent me. And I want you to represent my interests. And these are the ones I care about. Um, So I think that's the biggest thing. And also our legislators, they are always wanting to hear from their constituents. There's whenever they meet with their actual constituent and not a lobbyist, Mm -hmm. it's always something that is a highlight of their day. So that's really important. The other easier, like not easier, the other thing that you can do is just um, if you have a Twitter, um, go on to hashtag MVLedge and just tweet um, about revenue or tweet about any bills or issues that you care about. Our legislators watch the hashtag MVLedge um, Twitter sphere all the time. And if Let me ask you this. Okay, so you know in the movie Anchorman when they're all like having a little situation where all the co-workers are yelling and then you have Steve Carell and he doesn't know what the heck is going on and he just says loud noises. So how do you get somebody out of that position in terms of this topic? Where can people learn more? Because like you may have somebody that listens to this episode and they're like all mad about it and want to make a difference. They make an appointment that that point you know the google hangout happens and they're like ah shit you know i really don't know what i'm what i need to tell you (laughs) like where can people learn more yeah so there's some great organizations like the gwyn center has a lot of research of just where our budgets are and what our budgets look like um so that's a great resource there's also some amazing organizations so if you're interested in like mining um plan has a lot of resources of how to like advocate on behalf of mining. And if you care about revenue, I would love just to have a discussion with you as well. Um, so either find me on Twitter, my hash or my 
um, handle is at Jared Busker. Um, that's the best way is if you just direct message me or just tweet at me, I'll respond. Um, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. So even if there's a hundred people responding, I will, uh, I'll get back to you and I would love to talk about revenue with you. Hell yes. And I never thought about setting up a Zoom meeting with my legislators and I'm absolutely going to do this. And, but it does remind me earlier in the, like, I probably spring, April, May, uh, we had um, Howard Watts on who's in the legislature. And that was one of the things he said too. He's like, I love when people directly call me um, and contact me. He's like, I have a phone number on my website. That phone number goes to me personally. <laughs> yeah. The first time I was working in politics, I was trying to schedule meetings with legislators and I called just their like cell phone number listed on their website and a senator just answered and he's like, oh yeah, we'll just talk right now. And I was not prepared. Um, but <laughs> you were like loud noises. I was like, no, I'm just calling to schedule something. I'm not, I'm not ready to, <laughs> like, to talk about this issue. I don't work yet. <laughs> um, but they're really receptive to it. It's, it's the reason why they got elected is to try to pass laws that benefit members in their own community. So there's not many individuals that reach out to them and tell them what's going on in the community. So when they have the opportunity to learn, they love it. And it's something that's so easy to do, but most people just don't think about, I'm going to call my legislator or I'm going to ask to do a Zoom meeting. But that is the easiest way to learn more about the person that's representing you and for them to learn about you. That's really cool. Yeah. And that is, I mean, I will say, you know, from, from having lived in a couple different states, by far, Nevada is the easiest place to get in touch with your legislators. Like there's, there's no easier place. Like it's very easy here. And part of it is because they only meet for 120 days every other year. So they're not so out They're of like, touch I'm going to disconnect this number for the rest of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you meet with them on zoom so they don't have your cell phone number so they can block it yeah oh no i had meetings with my legislators last week and both of them gave me their cell phone numbers and said if i need to reach out to just reach out to them personally um and yeah, i've had that happen just with lots of legislators you up <laughs> yeah be like i've got some questions 3am i've got some questions about revenue you up <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well, I mean, then that is that is great, and we'll make sure too in the show notes to uh, you know link to the Gwynn Center to Progressive Leadership Alliance of Nevada as well, um, and of course put your social media in there. Um, is there anything else you want people to know about as far as when it comes to Nevada revenue, the state legislative session. I mean, you've you've had some experience having been up at a couple different legislative sessions um, in person. So and anything else you want to recommend to our listeners? I think just get involved. It is so easy in Nevada to get involved in the legislative process. And you don't have to be an expert to lend your voice to an issue. There's so many groups working on issues in Nevada from mental health reform to juvenile justice reform or justice reform, education reform. There's a lot of organizations and individuals working. And if you 
care about it, if you want to get involved, just do a quick search online, um, search your issue, search Nevada, and there'll be groups that show up, reach, reach out to them, ask them how to get involved, and they always will welcome your support um, because the more voices behind an issue, the better. And the more noise that we can make to really advocate for the betterment of Nevadans across the board is how we're going to improve our state today and then also improve the state for the next 20 years. Hell yes. That's awesome. Well, thank you. De- very much appreciate that. And I think, uh, you know, we'll continue to encourage our listeners and social media followers to to get involved because it is especially now when so many of us maybe have more I don't want to say free time but just have more time at home where we are able to do some of these things that we didn't have before that this actually may be a benefit during this specific legislative session and especially since the system is now set up for communication online yeah it seems we don't we can't go to any concert (laughs) Yeah, it's the easiest time to get involved. Um, just taking those steps to get involved is really the hardest part. Once you right. commit to taking some action, it's within your fingertips. You can tweet within a second. You can email your legislator. There's a lot of quick things you can do. And it's so easy. You can do it from wherever. Um, if you're in bed, you can tweet your legislator um, or wherever. It's really involved, really easy to get involved. Oh my God. I'm imagining things. <laughs> you're just, for you're the, just for the your assembly person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for the artwork of this episode. Jared, let's switch up the topic a little bit. So what are you doing right now instead of going to concerts since that's not an option? I have been listening to so much live albums. It's been crazy. Um, Probably three a week, if not more. Wow. So what are, what are the live albums you've listened to most recently? Ooh, I listened to Neil Young. Um, I listened to a Bob Marley album a while ago, or just this past weekend. I listened to a Cream live album. Oh, wow. Um, A lot of older individuals that I, most likely will never be able to see live. I'm trying to take the opportunity to just listen to them. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, Bob Marley, that would be amazing if you are able to see him live. If, if that ever comes up, let me know too. Cause it's a must be in the afterlife. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be the dream. Ooh, that's a good question. If you could bring somebody from the afterlife for a concert, who would it be? I mean, is it Prince or Jimi Hendrix? I don't need that's I don't need my responses right away one of my good friends saw Jimi Hendrix live and said it was one of the best it was the best concert he's ever seen so I'm gonna go with Jimi Hendrix I'm gonna go to both of the concerts for you guys (laughs) you're like I "I didn't choose it's not mine I didn't choose Uh, what, and I probably have already asked you this, Jared, but what was the last concert you went to? What was the last one before, before the pandemic? Um, so we, my partner and I were hosting, um, so far concerts, which are local artist concerts in just people's houses 
And we would invite 20 to 30 people to show up to the concert. Um, there's a SoFar in Las Vegas, which is amazing. If you, once we have concerts again, I cannot recommend that going to that sounds, anymore. That actually sounds semi-COVID friendly. If you make it like maybe not 30 people, but you can make it like 15. Yeah, in the backyard, everyone. Yeah. Six feet apart. Uh, but I think it was a local artist I saw. I don't remember who okay. it was offhand. Yeah. Jacob, what was your? I think my last concert may have been Bleachers. That was pretty close. That was December of 2019. Yeah. Yeah, Late I can't December. remember. I can't remember if I saw anybody in February or, or January. I would have to go look at my. I know exactly mine because I also got into a car accident as I was driving to the concert. It was White Reaper with the most amazing keyboardist of any indie band, White Reaper, at the bunkhouse. And it was almost a year ago. A year ago in like 11 days. Oh my God, I remember the car accident. Yes. Yes. On the, I was two blocks away from the bunkhouse and I got into a car accident. Two blocks away. Yeah. But White Reaper was amazing. And every time that question has come up on Twitter, when somebody's like, what was your last concert? I'm like, White Reaper. And if you don't know who White Reaper is, you need to find out who White Reaper is because White Reaper is incredible. And they sound way more metal than they actually are in real life, which is one of Garrett, the best do you know who that. White Reaper is? No, I don't listen to metal music. They're not metal. They are indie as fuck. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. I'll, they, I'll try to listen to them. You We're have to watch gonna a, go check on them. a video because the keyboardist looks the most metal. He's not metal. He's just like this this nerdy dude with super long hair, and he does like high kicks and stuff when he's not performing the keyboard. He goes just absolutely nuts. He's so. He's funny. a hype man. He, you've seen White Reaper, <laughs> B. Okay, I was yes, like, I have. you have seen at White the, Reaper at the Chelsea, right for Holiday Havoc, or right or no. Our big concert, it was something like that. I don't. Our big concert, yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember. <laughs> but no, Jared, I think you would appreciate their music. Like they're not. It just sounds. I think they must have just been like nerdy kids that were like, "Let's get the most metal name <laughs> for the least metal band we can come up with." I like that. Yeah, I always like crazy band names. <laughs> what would be your band name? What's your coalition? Oh, you know what? Instead of coalition. You should call it like a band name. <laughs> well, Jacob and I were going to start a band a while ago. Yes. It was going to be Jacob Murdoch and the East Fremont Brass Band, if I can recall. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what? it. And there would be no brass instruments in the band, like, because that was the shtick. Yeah. Lies, then. Lies. I would have gone, I would have gone to that concert and be like, what the fuck, man? what what's happening here yo lie to me it would have been all stringed instruments because i thought know, it was east east fremont hipster it's cool yeah it would have been great <laughs> yeah and then like the hats or whatever would just been efbb like people have been like <laughs> oh what's efbb it's the east fremont brass band of course of course it is how do you not know what this is <laughs> but with jm at the beginning right jacob <laughs> Oh, I think now we should just get some hats. No band, just hats. 
Yeah. Just t-shirts. Yes. Like sweet t-shirts. B, you can design the t-shirts. They'll be amazing. That's going to be the cover of this <laughs> episode. Thank you so much for coming and uh, talking to us about this, Jared, because now we're more depressed than we were before. <laughs> No, don't be depressed. There's a lot of great legislation that's coming up. And as long as we reach out to our legislators, as long as we really support them in making the decision to raise revenue and to take that vote, it's not a depressing topic. There's a lot of good things that are happening. There's a lot of good movement. A lot of our legislators are already talking about revenue from both sides of the houses. Um, So, and both both sides of the houses and both sides of the parties. Um, so it's something just to really inspire everyone to get involved today because this is the session that we can make real change. Um, it's not a time to be depressed and feel like you shouldn't get involved. It's this is the opportunity to get involved because we are making significant movement. Um, so please do not be do not be depressed about this conversation. <laughs> Things are getting better. Talk. I'm going yeah. to tweet some people. <laughs> That's good. Well, thank you so much again, Jared. It's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast finally. I know it's really it's really my fault. Let's be real. It's my fault. <laughs> it's my fault. Well, um, this has been Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. Uh, B, let's go with our team, as always. I'm, you're always going to get this. So you just we have who it is. Allison, somewhere freezing in the desert. Hopefully she has electricity. Last time I checked, it was going in and out in her Sonoran desert part of the world. We have Jose Sotelo and Ashley Pacheco and their little ones, Sebastian and Raven and my cat, Duane, who threw up on my blanket earlier today. (laughs) Thanks, Duane. And I cannot, you know, because even though I did visit him this weekend, I did not give him any treats except a little catnip, a little wet food, a little catnip. He likes that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining Wild and Free Battleborn Podcast. Meow. <laughs> 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 <laughs>